nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. I'm your host, Kian Sabani. I'm joined as always on Mondays by, with, joined by, joined with, joined by Lucas Navarrete. Bye, no? I don't know why that, all of a sudden my brain just melted trying to figure out what worked. But Lucas Navarrete is here. This is what Real Madrid does to me, man. This is just, my brain just stops <laughs> working after yesterday. So I'm really excited to talk to Lucas because Lucas, um, well, I'm always excited to talk to Lucas. I think also the day after the game is is fun because I see Lucas's tweets, but I don't get to interpret the tone. I don't get to see what he's actually talking about and what he's saying. I, I miss your Twitch stream last night. I hope it went well. Um, Lucas, does a does a game still make you angry? You cool down a little bit? I I haven't cooled uh, cooled down much at all. Really, I thought it was uh, a terrible performance. We, I'm sure we'll have time to to discuss it later. But nothing nothing positive out of that game, really. So it's hard to to move on from it, especially considering how costly it was for for the title race, in my opinion. I think we're out of the title race. I I, I like. I as I don't even think the most optimistic fan can really say we're in the title race anymore. I understand we're Real Madrid, nothing is impossible, but look, just realistically speaking, the math is just so against Real Madrid right now. It would be really hard to to make up that ground. I thought Lucas we could start the podcast with a question that came in from a patron mm-hmm. that I think opens up some cans of worms and then from there we can wherever the discussion goes it'll go. As always, if you want Absolutely. detailed breakdown and analysis of the game itself, that went up last night after the game. So you can go and check out last night's podcast. Graham Gerard, our patron, says, I have to vent. This came in after the game last night. If they don't care, then why should we? This is all so predictable. A few injuries and an early match. Add to that the supposed World Cup hangover. And we have the perfect excuse to not show up. These matches make me more angry than any other. With all respect to Mallorca, any 11 we put out there should be able to get a result. This is Real Madrid, or so I would like to think. But the reality is Real Madrid is a team who needs a kick in the behind, who puts Band-Aids over gaping wounds, and we somehow pulled off last year, which was the biggest Band-Aid of all. I love Carlo, but he is at risk of repeating his last tenure really quick. One could argue it says something about his 30-plus years of coaching, and he has only won each league once. I'm so disgusted with this wait for Mbappe Holland crap too. It's amazing people have the nerve to bash Barca. They get results and show up as if the match matters. And we may have just given the league to them today, not because they are so great, but because of our attitude. It goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You get the gist of it. I, uh, I agree. It's a hard stake. It's rough, but it is what it is. We We could all see how... This game was going to be a banana peel and a very dangerous game for Real Madrid with all with only like 
50 something hours of rest after the match against Valencia. Away game, Vinicius having some beef with uh, uh, some of the Mallorca defenders already after the first half of the season. So we could all see the, the writing on the wall that Real Madrid will have to play with intensity, with composure from the from the very first whistle. And they didn't. And they didn't. I, I To be honest, I, I struggle blaming Ancelotti for this one. On the other hand, I realized that he didn't get his players ready for, for this game because obviously the players weren't ready, but it should not be his job to get the players ready to play. And the other main point why I struggle uh, blaming Ancelotti after this one, when I look at the bench for this game, something's missing, man. It's just, it's just an embarrassing bench. I realize that some players are hurt, some players are out, but, you know, when you're forced and required to play Mariano 20-25 minutes and to rescue La Liga for you, <laughs> something, something's missing there. Something hasn't, you know, someone hasn't done his job right during the summer if Ancelotti is required to play Mariano for 20-25 minutes <clears throat> and to pretty much rescue Real Madrid's title chances away from the Bernabeu. It's something, someone hasn't done his job when, when that happens, in my opinion. So I, I, I get the frustration with Ancelotti. On, I, I agree to some extent that he should have uh, built and created some more efficient resources for Real Madrid to have a more structured plan, to have a better offense, better defense. I agree with all that. But at the end of the day, you take a look at the bench last... Uh, I was going to say last night. You take a look at the bench yesterday and you realize that Again, someone hasn't done his job, and that's not. And, and I'm not talking about Ancelotti. Multiple times yesterday, I said I referred to the game as tonight, or you know, in this yeah. evening when it like was totally not night. It was the rare game. I'm just not used to it. Um, I think I just don't think it's black and white. I think there's blame to go around for everybody, and I don't think it's like I'm not going to pinpoint and say it's that person's fault or. You see a lot of like, you know, Jose Angel Sanchez is, is the reason we're, we're in this position of Florentino Perez or Carlo Ancelotti's fault or Vinicius's fault, Mariano's fault. I, I think if you look at what has been gone wrong, the fall really, and I'll use the word fall uh, loosely because fall for Real Madrid really means like a, a, a bad season or a couple bad seasons. The cycle will come back. We, we said that there would be a huge fall after Ronaldo left. The quick, the turnaround has been quicker than I think I, I envisioned. And fall just may mean you've lost the league and maybe you do something else to, to salvage the season and other trophies. I don't know. But the fall really or the failure here has been, well, one, as you pointed out, Mariano Diaz coming in to save the game. We spoke about this that in years past, we've gotten away with not having a backup striker in part and in part because Benzema didn't have to be rested because he wasn't playing international football. And also he was younger. But we did we did caution. And by we I mean like really everyone. I don't I, it's not like me and you. I think everyone understood that doing it this season when Benzema's going to the World Cup is a risk. 
it turns out that that act, that problem actually happened right away in the season, well before the World Cup. Benzema was injured. We got away with a little bit. Rodrigo playing as a false nine here and there. Worked for a few games because because Fede Valverde was scoring like crazy. Wasn't sustainable. But going into the season with with no real backup striker or relying on false nines was problematic because ain't no false nine is not going to provide you with the presence you need to have in the box yesterday, for example. So there's that aspect of it. That's a failure of the board, um, tr- you know, failure of juggling this transitory period between Benzema getting old and leaving or until Endrick comes and who knows how Endrick will even be. We have no idea. We, we expect Endrick to be a savior. Just keep your hope, keep your expectations in check, please, because we have no idea how that's going to go. The failure of the coach to me comes in the ideologies on the field. Because there's a lot of people saying, look, this is going to be a repeat of 14-15 this last tenure. The failure of 14-15 was not bad football. It was lack of depth and injuries, and then the starters getting gassed. The football was fun. It was that 14-15 season was record-breaking up until a certain point. The quartet yeah, Modric of missed half of the season and that was it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, up until that point of Modric, Isco, Cruz and Hamas together, that was incredible to watch. High octane, high pressing, control, couldn't get the ball off. So it was fun. Team was running to the ground. This season, Ancelotti's not making the mistake of running players into the ground. I, to an extent, yes, Vinicius is playing a lot. I get that. You, we saw the lineup yesterday. Modric and Cruz were both on the bench. It was a young, dynamic midfield that... So what what I what I think what he's getting wrong is you can't just keep feeding the ball to Vinicius and expecting him to beat four players. It doesn't work. When everyone in the field and everyone in the stadium, everyone who bought a ticket to that game knows that that's what's going to happen and you can just basically plant yourself booing Vinicius for 90 minutes while he tries to bring take on four players who are trying to break him in half. That's not working. They got to rethink that. So that's the that's the coach's failure. Then we talk we spoke about the board's failure. Uh and then I also think the decision making was poor um from from multiple players including Vinicius who has been the man of the hour. So I think I think there's plenty of blame to go around Lucas is my point. Yeah 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 I completely agree with you. There are, you know everyone should be blamed after this. Even again Ancelotti and even for sure the players, you know these guys are professionals. <clears throat> these guys should be ready to play no matter what, no matter the circumstances. And yesterday, to be honest, they, they looked as they as if they were not just happy or ready to, to be there and face Mallorca and play and, uh, and earn the three points. It's, it was just a, a very a very disappointing performance, a disastrous performance, the worst performance of the season when we could all see this coming. We could all see Mallorca's game plan. We could all predict what Raillo and Mafeo were going to do to Vinicius, were going to take him out of the game. You know, I realize it's hard for him to have a cold mind in these situations, but they they took him out of the game. They took him out of the game. Poor decision. And still, and this says a lot about Real Madrid, he was one of the best players out there. Even 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 though the fact that you know Raillo and Mafeo took Vinicius out of the game with, with all their antics and all that, Vinicius was still one of the one of the main positives, if not the only, really, of the of the entire of the entire team. But again, to me, this is all. I realize uh, I agree with you. 
blame should be uh, distributed, but not in equal parts, man. We have sure that's fair. <laughs> Again, look, we the, the board has failed adding improving the roster in a massive way during the winter in chips that would be peanuts for this board, like Cancelo, like uh, Frank Garcia, for sure. And we have Camavinga playing left back. And it looks like we're going to have Camavinga playing left back for the next two months, unless Ancelotti decides to play Alaba there. But it's a massive waste of Camavinga's talent. We've talked about this in the past. Even as, as good as he's been in that particular spot, one, I don't know if that's sustainable against that. Elite team, yeah, like we Real haven't Madrid seen are going to be facing. We haven't exactly. We we just don't know if he's going to keep this up against quality elite opposition like Real Madrid are going to be facing in the next two months, like Liverpool and Barca. And two, even if it were sustainable, it would be a it's a, it's actually a massive waste of his talent to play him there when he can actually influence your midfield. In a in a much more efficient and much more dynamic way. So, to to me, you know, having been required to play Carvajal as often as he's playing, being required to play Car- uh, Camavinga as left back, failing to uh, improve the, the the squad for five million and seven million in the case of Cancelo, and being forced to play Mariano and to to rescue your season for the last uh, 20, 25 minutes. To me, it speaks volumes about how inactive the board was during the past summer, just because of the fact that Real Madrid won the the historic double. It was, you know, we've talked about this in the past over the last few months. This complacency after the success of last season is, is something that is going to cost Real Madrid this year, no matter what. To, to talk about the board's failure uh, a little bit more. There's a, there's a part in Graham's question that brings up a point that I brought up many times in the past couple of years as we struggled to beat many La Liga teams over the course of a season, and it's the reason why our league titles are not as high as they should be. Uh, when Graham says, I am disgusted with this idea of waiting for Mbappe and Haaland, and also just the fact that we should be beating Mallorca with whatever 11 we have on the field. I remember two years ago, even, we were dropping points against everyone, Cadiz and Leganes, whoever. And we were failing to even score goals or even register meaningful shots against these teams. And everyone would say, and they, those teams would actually beat us, by the way. It, it wasn't just that we were drawing and everyone would say, you know, if we had, if only we had Mbappe. None of these teams that are beating Real Madrid have Mbappe, and in fact, they don't have anyone who's even good enough to crack the entire Real Madrid squad. In most cases, I don't think you can use that as an excuse. I really don't. You have enough talent to beat Mallorca. Again, I'm not saying you have to win every game because you don't have to be cyborgs or anything, but you gotta, you've already dropped so many points this season. It's not even about just doing this one time. You just have to do it enough times to win the league or at least come close to it. Cause right now you're not even really coming close to it. So you gotta fix, you gotta figure out from a tactical perspective how to come up with better ways to increase your chance of winning that do not require having Mbappe and Haaland on the field because 99.9999% of teams who win a lot don't have these players. That's one. But that, but that, that's not an excuse not to sign players. 
if Jacques Cancelo was on the field last night, yesterday in the daytime, yeah. when the sun was up, he would have helped. You can, I mean, immediately at Bayern, he picked up the ball right away, had a really beautiful cross into the box, had an assist. Uh, Carvajal does not really exist in the final third anymore. He did not have many defensive duties last night. He had a couple that he did well on the ball. He was really poor and he wasn't providing anything offensively. You can't tell me that Jacques Cancelo would not have been an upgrade in that situation. You can't. You also can't tell me that Fran Garcia would not have been an upgrade because as soon as Alaba came in, it enabled Kamavinga to play up the field a little bit more and and actually get into zones where he can break the lines in midfield. So you can't tell me that this is not a, a, a board failure either. The problem, Lucas, is that it's not. It doesn't seem to be a temporary thing. You know what I mean? Because again, if we're waiting for this Endrick to appear in 2024, you're going to tell me that you're really going to wait that long? You're really going to wait until Carvajal and Vasquez's contracts expire to up to upgrade those positions? Because if you're telling me that, then I think the immediate outlook is is pretty grim. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with your with the first point you mentioned in this last uh, instance, which is. You know, we're not saying that Real Madrid should win every game. Accidents can happen. Like, I understand dropping points the way you drop points against against Real Sociedad, for example. It happens. These these games happens. You know, you you have many chances, many scoring chances. You miss them all. The game ends nil nil. Okay, fine. Let's move on to the next one. Having one shot on target and that shot on target being the penalty. It's, it's just unacceptable for a team with Real Madrid's talent. It's just completely unacceptable with a team that has the likes of Camavinga, Chuameni, Rodrigo, Vinicius, Ceballos, Cross, Modric on the field. You know, not being able to generate a single shot on target barring a penalty kick with a team full of that talent from midfield onwards. It's just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable, man. It's just something that should not happen for Real Madrid. It's just I, I just don't know. I just don't know how you can how can how someone can see last night last Sunday's performance and not be worried about Real Madrid's immediate future. Because I don't see why this would get any better, really. In, in the next few months, in the next few weeks. Yeah, Benzema will be back. He will help some. But other than that, you know, the roster's getting older. Reinforcements don't look that uh, likely, considering the latest news we heard about uh, Bellingham today. So it's just Real Madrid need to be, to, to hit the rebuild button. Uh, button. We were told that they were going to do so last summer after the contracts of Isco, Bale, and Marcelo expired. We were told that Real Madrid will acknowledge the situation and we're going to bring some quality reinforcements. They inside to a many, but on the other hand, they let Casemiro go. So this is and this is the only move Real Madrid made last summer. It's just something that you know the inaction from this board and from some of the fans really like to we can maybe talk about this now the fact that some so many fans so many guys around the fan base are blaming Mallorca's game plan as 
ugly and even despicable as it was trying to take Vinicius out of the game. You know, it's fair game. It's fair one that's it's fair game, and you know, to whoever's listening, don't you like? I got a, a, a tweet today confusing these things, saying that we are, I am justifying the racism directed at Vinicius Jr., which is not the case. I'm talking about the things that happen on the field. The things that happen on the field and Raillo and Mafeo trying to take Vinicius out of the game is fair game. The referee is there to do his job. He didn't do it in in, in the most efficient way because he got Vinicius uh, a, a yellow card, which shouldn't have been uh, a booking. But on the other hand, you know, you cannot blame that specific part for Real Madrid's result last night when your only shot on target was on a penalty kick, man. You just cannot. You, you need to look at the bigger picture here and stop looking at the number of fouls Mallorca did on Barcelona when Barcelona visited some moist, man. I saw some laughable tweets saying that Mallorca only fouled Barcelona nine times when they when they faced them and they, and they fouled Real Madrid 30 times. So what? I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Oh, the, the, there's a conspiracy theory that they, they're letting Barcelona win and they're fighting hard against Real Madrid and all that. Are we really going to go there? Are we really not going to um, have some self-criticism and realize that Real Madrid are not doing things properly if something like what happened Sunday actually happens? Is it something that it's... It baffles me, man. Seeing, seeing how complacent the board and some 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 fans are with the current state of affairs in the team. We we have to the things we can control. We have to do better. The things look and by the way, I think it's going to get worse. You know, we complain about Mallorca. Like Mallorca were organized. Do all those challenges? They're you know they're borderline. You know, maybe it can be punished more. I'm not going to disagree with that. The ref should protect okay. players better fine yeah i i I actually i'm a flag bearer of that but these are also tactical fouls um they plan to to foul 30 times as a plan to disrupt real madrid as much as possible they have far it was successful it was successful they are fire and far inferior talent than you the i would actually even disagree with you i think the benicis his yellow was deserved he just he goes out of his way to trip mafeo in the box and that was a sign to me that they did get in his head and teams will look at this and be like, "Hey, that works. Why don't we this just is a recipe? Yeah. Why don't we just get in their heads for ninety minutes and be really physical with them and act like clowns and 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 piss them off and get them frustrated? We have to f- figure out a way around that. Uh, there was another point you you said that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, the number I- of fouls from Barcelona or. No, I can't remember what it was. Anyways, um, it might come back to me. But we have a we have a couple minutes left. I wanted to take this another question from a patron that's going to take us in a different direction a little bit. All right. Um, this is one is it came in from Mowgli. He says, "I have a question for the Lucas Pot. Hopefully, uh, it seems everyone is very happy that Fran Garcia is coming back in the summer. But do we know if we are actually keeping him? The way the club has been acting lately isn't it more likely?" that he is sold for profit or am I just out cynicaling out cynicaling Lucas cheers 
report and word from Real Madrid is that they don't like uh, treating players this way. Right now, I think that Frank Garcia will complete the precision with the team, and unless he's extremely disappointed in training, he'll stay with the first team for sure. What they do a year after, for example, is something that is obviously uh, nobody can can predict. But in terms of what happens next summer, I would be extremely surprised if Real Madrid were to sell him after being after signing him away from from Rayo with this release clause. I don't I don't see Real Madrid treating Fran Garcia like that. So my answer would be that he completes the precision with the team. And again, unless he's extremely disappointed in training and Ancelotti says, hey, this guy is not worth it, he'll he'll stay with the first team for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and the other thing I'll just add to the transfer discussions and stuff before we before we wrap up is that we I think it, it's it's a, it's a, actually a good thing in some ways, in many ways, it's a good thing. We have a, a lot of players who are versatile. A lot of players who can play different positions. Midfielders who can play uh, different positions. Forwards who can play in different positions. But in that some in some level, when you rely on that so much, I think it actually becomes a bit of a crutch. Because our answer to this has always been, oh, well, you know, if we just have these guys, we can play wingback. Militao, we can put Camavinga there. We can put uh, Lucas Don't Vazquez. Don't sign any right back. We can play Nacho, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Nacho and so many others. Rudiger himself has been playing wingback. Lucas Vasquez is a wingback now, but it wasn't a couple of years ago. I have to remember, like the idea of Lucas Vasquez at right back is would have been insane. He has. I wouldn't developed... be comfortable with Vasquez playing in Anfield, to be honest. Not because of be his back? quality, but be... well, no, I'm not. I'm talking about just you in know, general. This particular, yeah, just in general, you know, uh, Lucas Vasquez will be fine against most uh, teams in La Liga, even in the Champions League, but against. Elite teams like Liverpool, Barcelona. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with the idea of him playing just because he doesn't have the experience as a defender. So I agree with you. Versatility sometimes can become a problem because you rely too much on that versatility and you stand still in the market because, hey, we have, as you mentioned, hey, we have Camavinga who can play left back. So forget about the idea of signing... Cancelo or signing whoever, you know, it's just, I agree with you there. We got to go, Lucas. Uh, this was fun. Good chatting with you. Uh, for our listeners, just a, just a quick housekeeping. Tomorrow on our Discord channel, I'm going to be doing, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this off air. I forgot, Lucas, uh, but we're doing a audio podcast. It's kind of like Twitter spaces. You can join uh, a room there in our Discord channel. And you can actually ask us questions by unmuting your microphone. And uh, we'll do probably at least an hour of just Q&A, depending on how it goes. We're going to try to tackle as many questions as we possibly can. So just go to our Discord server. If you have any questions at all, send us a message, preferably through patreon.com slash so we don't miss it. And we can get you into the Discord server. Or you can also go to our Twitter. On our Twitter, the direct link to the Discord is also there. So that's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 p.m. in Spain, if you want to join that. Lucas, it was good chatting, man. Happy Monday. Yes, sir. Again. Happy, have a happy week. Yes, sir. Take care. Peace. Thanks for listening, everyone. And before we send you along on your way and wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. The 
ever-growing Real Madrid family that is being built there is incredible and we're really thankful to be on this journey with you guys so shout out to all of our patrons who get a ton of bonus content if you want to get in on the action go to patreon.com managing madrid and a specific shout out to these ten dollar plus patrons because if you pledge ten dollars or more not only do you get guaranteed responses to your questions but you also get a specific shout out on the podcast so shout out to these ten dollar patrons as follows brandon alvarez Willie Reed, Will, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Tobias the Royal Botcher, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Shabazz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuli Justin, Samer Z, Said Mahan, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafadi, uh, Nico Laxo, Oscar Barrera, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Marin Myrtle, Michael Zinberg, Nicholas Moeller, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A., Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Con P., Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Pashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armand, Armando L., Anirud Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. You guys are legends. Thank you so much. Love you all and hala marib.